All right, before we get into the message, I want to mention too, uh, Nolan, uh, thank the Lord, he got saved the other day. I wanted to make an announcement about that. And so, praise the Lord for Nolan getting saved. Knows for sure now he's on his way to heaven, so that was a blessing. wanted to share that. It's the first time back since he got saved. But anyway, Psalms chapter 12 is where we're at. And uh, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified, Seven times thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And those two verses right there, I preached a whole sermon on Psalms 12 last year. That, those two verses are attacked so much, are being attacked by religious people, by even Baptists. Uh, they're getting away from the King James Bible. And I already proved last year, I'm not going to do it again, that without a doubt, this passage is talking about the words of God. Many are trying to say that it's not, talk, it's not the words that are being preserved, but it is the poor that is being preserved. But that just defeats the context of the entire chapter. Now, I'm not going to re-preach all that. But without a doubt, God's words are everything to us. I mean, we are, we're saved by the Word of God. We all, we all understand that, right? You didn't have a physical experience and a physical encounter with Jesus. You didn't have one of these you know, moments where you almost got struck by lightning and then heard people off singing in a church somewhere, give me that old-time religion, and then you just walked in and got saved like Alvin York or something like that. No, the Word of God was preached to you, and when you heard those words, it communicated a message to you. And, when, and you heard that message, and you believed it, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you're now on your way to heaven, and it was because of the Word of God. And so, without a doubt, Satan always has, Satan always will attack the Word of God. He's going to attack God's words. Words are everything because words are how we communicate. And our words are especially what we use to communicate the gospel. We are, and we ought to be very careful with the words that we use when communicating the gospel because communication is our main tool in trying to win other people to Christ. Okay? We don't like said, so well, I'm all for living a lifestyle that represents Christianity. Lifestyle evangelism is not very effective. It's too slow. It takes too long, especially in our culture today, where we are all so cut off from each other. I mean, you you realize how long it would take to get anybody saved uh, by lifestyle evangelism, by just you being so sweet and kind and hip and trendy and cool and wonderful that they just one day, hey, I want to know what I gotta do to be like you. Okay? It doesn't work. And so, when, and, and imagine going soul winning like that. I mean, how do, you, how do you go soul winning and just impress people with yourself to where they want whatever you've got? No, you don't do that. You just go and you aggressively get the message to them however you can. And you use words. You communicate. And we understand that because of the devil, many people are very confused about a lot of things today. We can go to them and we can use Bible verses and people are confused about it. We can use Bible words. People are confused about those things. And we've got to understand while God's word is everything, Satan is also out there and Satan has words. Satan has things that he is doing to try to mess up our communication with people because if we're able to effectively communicate with people, they can be saved and so he's out there. We do have somebody working against us. And it's often very frustrating for new Christians whenever they get saved, they believe the words of, word of God and what it says, and they think, man. You know, and a lot of times, too, I've seen people like this, and it's not even really a bad thing, 
but they'll get saved later in life and they're offended that it took that long for somebody to finally tell them. And so, but, but the, and you know, and that's, they should be offended. Somebody should have told them, but then what often happens with these people is they're like, I'm going to go tell everybody and everybody's going to get saved. But then they go and, you know, people aren't as enthusiastic about the truth as they are. And, and, and so they often get frustrated. And it's often offensive to them. But what people don't often understand is that we do have an adversary. We have the devil. If it was just God's word and we had no opposition, well, our job would be pretty easy, wouldn't it? But we do have opposition. We do have somebody out there communicating contrary to what we're saying. The devil is out there. And obviously God's word is more powerful. But here's another tool that Satan has that he's able to use is the words of Satan. They go along with our flesh. They tell people, you know, what, what our, it tells people what our flesh wants to hear more than our spirit. But Satan is always going to attack the words of God. And so what I want to do in this message today, though, I want to compare God's words to Satan's words. And I believe understanding these differences, it one will help you spot the false prophets that are out there who just can't help but speak the words of the devil. And so notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 14.33. says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So understand, there is a lot of confusion out there today. You go into a lot of religions and people are clearly very confused. And what does the Bible say? God's not the author of that. So if you go into a religion and people are confused, what does that tell you? They've been hearing from Satan because who does author, who is the author of confusion? Satan is. I talked to a guy the other day who he, he knew the Bible couldn't be true because of the fact that if it was God's word and he's reading it and getting the wrong ideas, like everybody's always just telling me you're looking at it wrong. Well, you know, he's like, so if I misunderstand it, then God failed in communicating. No, it's there's an adversary that's out there. Unfortunately, this guy was listening to the devil more than he's listening to God. And so we do, even though we've got a perfect you know, a collection of scriptures right here. We also have the devil speaking. We have the devil putting things in our mind and in our head that causes us to miss the message sometimes. So I'm telling you, we need to understand how he's working against us. So understand the devil is the author of confusion. Now, let me ask you, you know, does the devil have a book out there? It's that NIV, right? Well, I mean, obviously that is one of his methods in messing with the word of God. But, you know, the, the truth is, you know, Satan, he's not dumb enough to just put a Bible out there and say Satan's Bible. Okay. And I don't believe Anton LaVey's satanic Bible is actually from Satan. I think it was just from a weirdo. Okay, but, but either way, either way, Satan, he's going to, you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to mess with this is what he's going to do. He's going to try to mess this. And I, I want us to see how he does it because it's very obvious what he's doing. The Bible also says in John eight forty four, year of your father, the devil and the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So understand when people are out there teaching lies, believing lies, you're hearing lies. These lies come from the devil. He is the author of lies. He is the father of lies. He is where they come from. He is, he is the source of confusion right here. God's word. This is the source of truth. This is the source of enlightenment. But we, under, we understand there are many people out there with Bibles in their hands who are confused, 
who are in darkness, who are wrong. Why is that? Because even though they've got a Bible in their hand, they're also getting communication from the devil. The devil also is speaking. The devil has words. And it's causing them to miss the message that's in the Word of God and getting them in all kinds of trouble. And so we need to understand what Satan is doing. And so I, we're, I think we're all well aware of the fact that Satan is such a liar. And we're going to see this in the Scriptures too, that even when he quotes Scripture, he's lying. And understand, that is why so many people can stand there with the Bible and lie. While they can read a Bible and preach false doctrine. There are guys out there who are King James only who can get up and with a King James Bible preach all kinds of lies and all kinds of heresy. How are they able to do that? You know why? Because the devil, he is, he is also an author. The devil also has words, but he always masquerades these things with the words of God. And so when we, when we understand how he works, we will be able to see when somebody's up there preaching with the King James Bible. We'll be able to recognize when he's speaking the words of God or the words of the devil. It's so important that we understand this. And so the first thing we need to just keep in mind about the word of God versus the words of the devil is the words of God are pure words while the words of Satan are perverted words. Now remember, Satan is not a creator like God is. Satan can only take what God has made and he can mess with it. He can pervert it. Okay? For example, God made, you know, since it's June, God made marriage. But what has Satan done? He has perverted it. He's, he calls it marriage. Okay? He calls it the th- same things that God calls it. But is it the same thing? Absolutely not. It's the same word. You know, but it's, it's definitely not the same thing. He perverts that which is right. And so in Psalms chapter 12, we see the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the first verse, purified seven times. There are no impurities in God's word, meaning words are exactly what they are supposed to be. So for example, if it's like silver purified seven times, that means when you have silver purified seven times, everything there is silver. It's not silver mixed in with some other stuff. It's purified. It's 100% silver. That's how the Word of God is. The Word of God is pure. We believe our King James Bible is pure. 100% the Word of God. We don't believe there's some mixture in here of false things and, and words, uh, words of the devil. We believe all of it is God's Word. We believe it is exactly what it claims to be. We understand that God says what He means and He means what He says. So we do. We take our Bible very literally. We, when, when the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, we don't even flinch when some Catholic comes along and says, well, the church fathers, they all believe you could lose your salvation. Okay. Church fathers believe you, know, you could lose your salvation. The Word of God says you can't. So guess who we're going to follow? The Word of God. Okay. And, and who decides who the church fathers are anyway? Okay, you know, but anyway, uh, that's another subject for another day. But if something God... Now, understand too, there are things in the Bible that are mysterious. But, you know, at the same time too, God says it's mysterious. You know, God, there are things that are prophetic. There are dark sayings. But the Bible tells us, the Bible lets us know when we're reading something that's symbolic, when we're reading something that's deep and heavy, and when the Bible's being very clear too, it's very obvious that it's doing that too. We can trust the Bible, and there is clear 
definite meaning in God's word that send a clear and pure message. But what does Satan do? Okay, what does Satan do when he, because for example, salvation, I believe God's plan of salvation is very clear in the Bible. It's very simple. And we do. We have so many passages of scripture that just lay it out. I made that video this week uh, about eternal security. And, and, you know, and I kind of joked in there, if we only had some place in the Bible where it made it really clear what a gift is and whether it's free or not. And then just like Romans five, I mean, it just spells it out for us. We have so many places in the Bible that just spell out eternal security. I mean, you just can't get any clearer that no man is able to take you out of my father's hands. I mean, it just, there's so many places like that where it is just crystal clear where I mean, I mean, the Bible is just going overboard almost, just specifying some of these things. Yet there are still people out there with the Bible in their hands that will preach, you can lose your salvation. And what do they use to prove it? They use the Bible. They use the words of God. But what they do is they pervert the words. They use the same words, but they change the meanings of the words. That's what it means to pervert these things. An example of that, one thing that we are very familiar with in our culture, how Satan has perverted the pure words of God are when it comes to things like cuss or curse words, where Satan has made it, he's, he's made certain words of God offensive to people to the point where a lot of preachers are almost afraid to talk about hell when they're preaching today. Well, because somebody might get offended, you know, because I said hell, you know, talking about damnation and somebody being damned to hell or something like that. I mean, people, I mean, you, you can't say that. You can't say that word. That word is bad. That word is offensive. But understand, while God's words are pure and while they have crystal clear meanings, Satan doesn't just make up his own words. Y'all understand that? He takes God's words and he, he changes the meaning of them. He changes the use of of those things. And so what do we see when it comes to the degenerates of our society, when it comes to people who have just no control over their flesh, whenever they get angry, what do they typically do? All of a sudden they start hollering out Bible words. But do they use them the way the Bible does? For example, I hear people say this all the time during the winter time where they'll say it's as cold as hell. And it's like, I don't think you know anything about hell. It, that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, and what, what's going on? The devil, I mean, folks, that word should strike fear in the heart of people. But people aren't scared of it. You know why? Because they just hear it all the time. It's just something you say when you're upset. It's something that you say when you're mad. And then we have even people today who claim to be Christian who are offended at the idea of God sending someone to hell. How can a loving God send someone to hell? Well, here's my question. Why is it wrong to punish the wicked. Why is it wrong to send somebody to hell? I wonder if it's because everybody's talking about how wicked hell is all the time too. Even Christians say it's as wicked as hell. How is hell wicked? I thought it was the just and righteous judgment of God. I thought God made hell for the devil and his angels. How is that wicked? You know what they're doing? They're using the word the way the world does. They're using the word the way the devil does to pervert the meaning to corrupt what we think about it. They'll say, you know, what they age. You know, I don't even, and I don't even like letting those things come out of my mouth in that way. When I use that word, I want it to have an impact. I want it to have an effect. And just because that word is in the Bible 
doesn't mean we get to just take it and use it however we want. And especially we're not going to use it the way the devil does. We're not going to go around damning people to hell. You know, and just because the word, certain words in the Bible doesn't mean we can go around using those as an insult. I understand the word whore is in the Bible, the word bastard is in the Bible. But that doesn't mean you just go, go around calling people that. Hello? What's wrong with you? And understand, our world, world uses those things as insults. Our world uses those things as put down. But when the Bible uses those words, they have a very definite meaning. And now today, a preacher can get up and he can preach it exactly the way the Bible says. Do exactly what, what the Word of God calls for. And people are getting offended by it. You know why? Satan's got in their head. And what words did he use? God's words. He used God's words. And I believe we ought to use God's words God's way. And so, and you know, and people can get weird and say, well, you know, the word the is also in the Bible. So you're saying we always have to use, listen, I think we all get the point. We don't want to pervert the meaning of something. And just like we are, we understand marriage is a sacred thing instituted by God. And we are offended that our government has taken that word that, you know, an institution made by God and are allowing perverts in perverted unions, to use that same word and to declare that same status for themselves. It is not the same thing. Folks, it is not the same thing, but they call it that, don't they? They absolutely call it that. And you know what it does is it confuses people. And you know, since we've been confusing people with that stuff, now people are confused on gender. They can't even figure out what a woman is. Think about that. I, I, I just saw that program where the guy, I was listening to it, and the guy just kept asking all these people, what is a woman? Well, it's somebody who uh, identifies as a woman. Yeah, but what is that? Nobody could answer it. Nobody could answer that. Okay, you know what that's called? Confusion. Who wrote that? But notice all these words that they use. I mean, there are words, woman's in the Bible. But what do they do? They want to change the definition. They want to make everything vague. And understand, the pure words of God, they have clear, definite meaning but what does the devil do? He takes the words of God and he broadens the definitions is what he does. Or he just completely changes it as a way to mislead. Not even just with the cuss words or the curse words. But he also does that with many words that are religious in nature. And Satan has perverted the use of those words to the point people often get confused when they hear those words. We've talked about it before. Repent. Okay? Repent is a word a lot of people get confused by. Because a lot of false prophets have taken that Bible word that you really don't use that word. You, can't, you could use that word in things that have nothing to do with salvation. You know, we could use that word for a lot of different things today, but culturally we don't. And because of that, most people just associate that word with salvation and they've just they, they've, they've changed the meaning of it to they, where they've confused a lot of people. And a lot of times, too, you hear preachers, they get up and they start preaching on repentance. And sometimes people aren't even sure what they're saying. And we often have to give a lot of clarification because Satan has really messed with that word. He's confused people on that. It's a Bible word. It's a pure word. But yet people will take that and they will preach a lot of bad doctrine with that word. How about, and there's many words I was thinking of, uh, where he does that. How about the word holy, for example? You realize holy, that is, that's an that's a exclusively religious word. Something holy, that's something that is set apart for sacred use. Something that is for the things of God. You had the holy vessels that they used in the tabernacle. We are 
holy people. But, you know, what do people think of today? You know, holy cow, holy mackerel, holy Toledo. I mean, what does that even mean? You know, and, and holy, people used to understood that that was, when something was holy, that was something that was set, separate, uh, separated and set apart for the things of God because God is holy. And that word used to have some reverence to it. And that word, you know, you know, it used to mean something to people. How about the word spiritual? Word spiritual. You know, when you hear about spiritualists today, you get freaked out, don't you? You know why? Because a lot of times people, you know, they're, you know, spiritual person, while there's a biblical meaning for it, a lot of times you might be talking about somebody that's like into witchcraft, do seances and all that, you know, and they're all into spiritual things. And there is, there's a lot of this new age spiritualism and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of times when we hear people talking about being spiritual today, red flags go off, right? Because that word has been perverted. We assume if somebody's you know, spiritual, we're hoping they're referring to the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times that's not what they're talking about at all. Uh, another word too, and there's, there's a lot we can talk about. How about even the word saint? Saint is another word that it does, it has, you know, it's a sanctified one. It's somebody who was uh, set apart for God. But yet, a lot of times we think of Catholics, don't we? You know, you think of all, you know, St. Nicholas and, you know, all these people, you know, there, I don't know if you heard about the Catholic lady that they dug up and her body was like well-preserved, some nun. It was like super well-preserved after being buried a few years. And now they're talking about giving her sainthood. It's like... You know, if she rose from the dead, maybe you could think about that. But come on, it's just you're gonna get saved because you know they they associate it with people that had miracles surrounding them. And you know what? What kind of miracle is that that your body doesn't rot that much if you don't even come back to life? You know, I don't really care how fast my body rots. <laughs> At the end of the day, Jesus is gonna have to resurrect it. So, you know, uh, there's so many more words like that. Even priest. You know, what do we? You know what? When I say priest, you all think about a dude with a backwards collar, don't you? That's a shame that that's what we think about because we're priests. And, and the thing is, too, if we're going to think of physical priests, we ought to think about a priest from the Old Testament time and all the things that they did and understand that, man, we don't have to, you know, we can do all the things that we need to do to get to the Father on our own because we have a faithful high priest, Jesus Christ. I mean, there, there's so much uh, doctrinal significance to those words, but yet they mean completely different things to people today, don't they? And, and it's really sad that that's how the, that kind of thing has happened. But the devil has done that. And so how? And so the thing is too, you know, whenever we are speaking against spiritualism, priests, you know, somebody could look at that. Why is he saying bad stuff about priests? You know, I don't understand. That's because they've they've not learned the biblical meaning of these things. And so you know, again, communication is everything. We have to be very careful in how we communicate to people. And so, again, just because the word repent is in the Bible doesn't mean I can use it however I want. I don't have the right to mislead people into a work salvation. Just preaching repentance. We have you got to preach the way the Bible does. You have to do it the same way the Bible does. Otherwise, you're misleading somebody away from the simplicity of the gospel. That's real. And this is this is serious stuff. We've got to make sure we're using these things right. And so, why does Satan want to pervert the use of the words of God? And this is what you've got to get a hold of, folks. We do have God's words. And people do. They'll often talk about pure words, meaning like the cuss words. Those are God's pure words. 
But understand, pure words are words that are also have pure meaning as well. And Satan is going to use the same collection of words that we find in the Bible. But he is going to pervert them. And he has to do that. And here's why he has to do that. Because also in Psalms chapter 12, we see where it says, Thou shalt preserve them, O Lord, from this generation forever. Mark 13.31 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. You want to know why Satan has to pervert the words of God? Because he can't get rid of the words of God. Satan, he'd be the first one to, delim- to eliminate hell and damnation and all the, all the cuss words from the vocabulary. He, he would love it if those words were never spoken again. But he can never stop those words from being spoken. You know why? Because we have the preserved Word of God. We have the completed Scriptures and Satan knows he'll never get it. He'll never get rid of it. The Word of God, words of God will always be around. So what does he do? He tries to change the use of those words. He can't make them go away, but if he can affect what they mean, then he can take away their effectiveness. If Satan can't make them go away, but he can put out counterfeits. And that's why we were warned in Revelation 22:18, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in the book. Satan, what he will do, he'll take the words of God, but he'll add some things to them. He'll say, repent of your sins. You know, he'll, he'll add some little things to it. So he's got God's words in there. And, you know, you can find the word of in the Bible and your in the Bible and sins in the Bible. They're all pure words. How dare you say I can't say that? Words of God are pure words. That's not how God said it. That's not the order he said those things in. Well, you know, you're, doing, you're, you're adding to the gospel. You're adding to the scriptures. Watch out for that kind of stuff. And Satan, he does that kind of thing. He's tricky. He adds to. He takes away. He'll, he'll say some of the things. He'll say things like, judge not. But that's it. He's going to leave the rest of the passage out. Hey, that's Bible right there. Satan, get up right now. And preach a whole sermon. Judge not. Therefore, nobody's allowed to judge anything. And that's Bible right there. Well, there's actually a little more to that. We need to include the rest of it in there too. You don't get to take away. But that's what Satan does. He's not just going to come up with brand new words that nobody understands. He's going to take God's words. He'll add to them where he needs to add to them. He'll take away from them where he needs to take away from them. Why? To confuse you on the message. To get you away from the life-changing truths of the Word of God. In Genesis 3, 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not. Surely, I only added one word. It's just one word. It's not that big of a difference. That's a real big difference, isn't there? Isn't there a big difference between you shall surely die and you shall not surely die? That one word is pretty important. It's only three letters, ladies and gentlemen. Are we going to really split hairs over the one three-letter word? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because he added to the Word of God. Well, no, I see it right here. It's in Genesis 3, 5, and that's the Word of God. Well, that's the Word of God quoting Satan. Okay. So, no, that's not the Word of God. That's the words of the devil right there. And so... He says, for God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil. Now, did you know that was actually true? That if the day they would eat, your eyes would be open. Guess what? When they ate, their eyes were open. But you know what? 
They saw that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons. They were as gods in the fact that they had the knowledge of good and evil in that way. Did you know that part of the verse was actually true? However, the outcome that Eve was picturing in her mind was nothing like the outcome that came from it. And, and folks, all Satan had to do was add one word. That's all he had to do. He used all the words of God and just added one of his own. That was, that was all he did. And he plunged the human race, race into sin and death. And so while Satan will never be able to get rid of the Word of God, he will always be capable of casting doubt on the Word of God. Because again, what's he doing? He's just, no, that's not, what God said is going to happen is not going to happen. And Satan does. Satan loves to take all the titles of the things that belong to God and he loves to claim them for himself. And I'm telling you, that's why we don't need to look for Satan in the church of Satan. You know, we need to look for him in a church of Jesus Christ that claims Jesus Christ. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, talking about the man of sin, says, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God. Listen, you know, if... I, I, I would like to think if I feel like if it was me, if I was wanting to impress people with me, I would want everybody to know that it was me. You know, what's the point of me making another name look great? Satan doesn't care. What does he want? To, what does he want to be called? God, not Satan. He's not out there doing what he can to promote the name of Satan. Hey, he's out there doing what he can to promote the name of God. But as long as it's him that the people are actually worshiping, he's okay with that. And you know what the man of sin is going to do? He's going to declare himself to be God. So that is worship so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. When they build the new temple in Jerusalem, they're, they're going to call it the temple of God. They're not going to call it the temple of Satan. They should. If they were honest, if they were telling the truth, they would call it the temple of Satan, but Satan's a liar. And he is the father of lies. So you know what he's going to call it? He's going to call it the temple of God. And the man of sin is going to go in there and he's not going to say, you know, I am Jared Kushner or somebody like that. He's going to say, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm God. That's what, he, that's what he's going to do. And he's going to get people to worship him. That's how Satan works. He takes the titles of the things. And so again, Satan... You know, he doesn't care if you're, if you have the word of God in your hand, as long as the message you're communicating are his words and they will, they will be counterfeits. There will, they will be similar. He'll take some things out. He'll add some things in, but he's a counterfeiter. He's not just going to have a whole new book. And I'm telling you, the worst false prophets are the wolves in sheep's clothing. It's the guys who look right, sound right, and are holding a King James Bible in their hand. They're dangerous. The guy that dresses up in a black robe and does crazy eye makeup and things like that and opens up a book of Satan with a hexagram on it or something like that, he's not deceptive. Nobody's going to be fooled by that guy. It's, it's going to be the guy who is pretending to preach the words of God. But, you know, there's going to, they're going to add to. They're going to take away. Because Satan, he does. He perverts the word of God. And he has to do that because he can't get rid of it. He can't, he can't eliminate it. It's always going to be around. And so the words of God are preserved words 
and eternal, while Satan's words are feigned words or fictitious words. And we see that word feigned words in the Bible in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and shall bring upon themselves swift, swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. They're feigned. They're fictitious words. And that's why, too, when it comes to a lot of these crazy false doctrines that you hear out there, you know, they don't stay around real long. Or if they do, they're always repackaged. For example, work salvation has always been repackaged. It, it's constantly getting repackaged in, in some way because the Bible's so clear against that. But even some of these other heresies, you think about a lot of these Ruckmanite heresies that are out there. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, Gene Kim's Megalodon doctrine is not going to stand the test of time, you know, that Jonah was actually swallowed by a megalodon, uh, you know, and, you know, some of these UFO things that they preach, you know, inhabiting other planets, these false doctrines will not survive the test of time. These are just feigned words, fictitious words. Today, this is what those things look like. They're always preaching on whatever the, you know, latest and newest thing is. And, you know, those are always going to change throughout time and they will go along with whatever those things are, however they manifest themselves. They're using feigned words, fictitious words. These things do not survive, but the words of God, they do survive. They're not going to go away, so Satan's going to twist those things. He's going to, he's going to rest those scriptures. Uh, look at what it says. Turn over to Matthew chapter 4. So the words of God, they are pure words. They are preserved words. They are precise words. Where the words of Satan, they can mean whatever you want them to mean. Again, you know, what is a woman? Whatever you think it is. Okay, but I was like, but I don't think that's a woman. You bigot. You know, you know how all that stuff works. But look what it says in Matthew 4, 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, I love this because notice how the Word Himself uses Scriptures to combat Satan. But then, watch what Satan does. He goes and he uses Scriptures too. He says, and then verse 5, Then the devil taketh them up into the holy city and setteth them on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written... He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. And that's Bible right there. Come on, Jesus. Jump. Bible says right there, he'll send his angels, and they'll bear you up. That's Bible. You're going to argue with me on this. You're a heretic. You're going to argue with me on this. You're probably a reprobate. That's Word of God right there. The words of the Lord are pure words. These are the words of God. But folks, Satan quoted a verse to him, but... Was he properly using the Scriptures there? Did Jesus say, well, Satan, that was in a different dispensation. We're in the New Testament now. <laughs> no. No. Jesus said, un, said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So, what was going on here? Yeah, that verse is just showing how God would protect him 
But that doesn't mean you go and you tempt God and you put yourself in a dangerous situation like the snake handling guys. The people who come and they'll handle snakes in church. You know, you don't do that kind of thing on purpose. And just because I believe, you know, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him doesn't mean I can go jump off a cliff. That's tempting God. But at the same time, am I worried about falling off a cliff right now? No. I'm not, I'm not worrying about anything right now because the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. But if I just go and I'm doing something stupid, I have every reason to fear. And so Satan, he used scriptures, but he misused it. And then look at verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into a high place or into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kings of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So notice, Jesus used scriptures, Satan used scriptures. Here's the difference. Jesus properly applied the scriptures, while Satan twisted the scriptures, just like his false prophets do. And what does it say in 2 Peter 3.15? An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation... Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom of God given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things, in which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. They rest or they twist they, those scriptures. They, they mess with them. And notice how they specifically use scriptures that are hard to be understood. And again, there are passages in the Bible that are difficult, that are mysterious. There are dark sayings in the Bible and the Bible tells us that they're there. The Bible tells us some of these things are mysterious and those are what the false prophets always run to. Isn't it interesting how, whether it be work salvation, whether it be weird prophecy stuff, I mean, what, what, I mean, you name the false doctrine, where do they go? They always go to the most difficult passages in the Bible that, you know, are difficult and that everyone would agree are difficult. And then what do they do? They just build all these new truths around those. And in reality, they're resting the scriptures. They're twisting them. But notice it's based off scripture. Okay. When the, when Joseph Smith started the church of Mormon, he didn't introduce us to a whole bunch of new characters. Jesus is one of the characters. Satan's one of the characters. We have God the Father in there. You know, they'll talk about the different Bible characters. They're not just going to, you know, they'll introduce a few characters in there. We've got the angel Moroni, you know, that he introduces in there. So they, you know, they do. They steal things from God's Word. They steal the names of God. What did the Catholic Church do when they basically changed from their paganism to Catholicism, it really didn't change anything except they changed the names of all their gods. And what did they do? They took the names from the Bible. They took the name of Jesus. They took the name of Mary. They took the name of the apostles. And they basically uh, replaced those biblical names with the names of their pagan gods. And then continued teaching the exact same thing. That's how the devil works, ladies and gentlemen. He's always going to use stuff right out of the Bible. And this is why we've got to get a hold of what the Bible says. When it says the words of the Lord are pure words, 
There's a meaning to that. There, there's something to that. It means that what they claim, what those words are claiming, what those things say, it's exactly what it means. And we are, we're supposed to be the same way in our speech. Okay? I shouldn't be saying things in ways like, like we talked about Wednesday when the, when the Jews had made that vow. What did they do? They tried to change the meaning there basically to, to kind of get around it. No, we ought to be clear. We shouldn't be vague. We shouldn't speak in riddles. And isn't that what a lot of the cults do? You know, when you talk to Jehovah's Witnesses and you try to ask them a question, what do they do? They ask you another question. You know, they go into all this weird stuff. It's like, why can't we just be clear on these things? You know, it's like, I wish there was a place in the Bible where just somebody could ask the question, what must I do to be saved? And they would just flat out tell them. Oh, wait, there is something like that in the Bible. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Yet, did you know people are debating? There's got to be more to that. Listen, we have a place in the Bible where somebody flat out asks the question and Paul flat out tells them and we're, going to de- we're still having a debate about it? What's going on? We have, I mean, there are so many places where it just flat out defines things. But yet people are debating it based on other, script- uh, other scriptures. We have that. We have the constant misuse of the biblical phrase. 100% biblical. Straight out of the Bible. Faith without works is dead. That's in the Bible. But yet, how people apply it, I mean, they are dead wrong. Dead wrong. Judge not. How about God is love? I've already been rebuked with that this week for saying stuff against the rainbow crowd. New God's love. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But why? So does that mean he's not against sin and perversion now? I, but th- that's how they apply that. They take a truth. Folks, you don't get any more truth than God is love. But yet when they say God is love, what they're saying is a lie. Think about it. When you see some blue hair lady get up in a church and say God is love, she's lying. <laughs> but, but no, that's in the Bible. It says that. Yeah, but she's saying that that means God's okay with me. God's okay with my lifestyle. God's okay with all these things I'm doing. God's not okay with any sin. Okay? That, that, so the thing is, you can take true statements and lie with them. And we see that kind of thing all the time. We see that too. Anytime a church is like, you know what? We're not, we shouldn't be letting predators in the church. We shouldn't let this type in the church. We should throw these people out. Jesus sat with publicans and sinners. And, and as if all of a sudden now, that means we just endanger the kids in this church. We let every piece of vile filth into this church. That, 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 folks, that doesn't even make any sense. They're, they're saying a true statement and lying with it. And that's what everybody needs to get a hold of. You can get up and because of the devil, because the devil, even when he is speaking the scriptures, he's lying. Even when he's speaking the scriptures, he's lying. Because of that, we've got to get a hold of that. People can get up and read the Bible and lie. They can do that. And, but understand, while they're using the same alphabet, the same words that we're using, they're communicating a different message. And it's one that is not pure, it's perverted. And so we need to pay attention to these things. That is how, that is how the devil works. And that is not how God, God works. God is, is very clear on these things. And so I, I, I believe the key 
to protecting ourselves is just being aware. We need awareness of these things. All over our country today, people are in pulpits lying with the Bible in their hand, with the King James Bible in their hand. Some people are misled. Maybe some people are just mistaken. So this is why we need to study the Bible. This is why we need the Holy Spirit guiding us. I mean, folks, what do we think is going to happen when a lost guy gets up and is preaching from the Bible in his church? He's going to say all kinds of dumb stuff. He doesn't, he's not speaking by the Spirit of God. It's like, yeah, but he, I, I was following along. He read the words right. Satan read the words right too when he quoted the Scriptures to Jesus. But he misapplied them and he was lying to Jesus. He, he lied to him with a verse of the Bible. That is how the devil works. So that is the difference between God's words and Satan's words. And so let's make sure uh, we learn the difference. With that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the, these Scriptures. Lord, we thank you so much for... Uh, preserving your word for us. There are so many just lies out there today uh, of the devil, and I'm thankful that we have something strong enough to combat it. And I pray you'll help us to uh, be in the word and to study the word and to be uh, faithful to proclaiming it. In your name we pray. Amen.